today we start Luke. And Luke is an incredible book. Uh, I got to warn you though, uh, the title, if, if, if you're taking notes or whatever, the title of this message is A Message Worth Your Life. A Message Worth Your Life. And I asked, are you getting up with enthusiasm? Today, did you get up with enthusiasm? You should, because there's seeds of greatness inside of you. King David said, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God crafted you in such a beautiful way. And today you should smile. And tomorrow you should wake up with more enthusiasm than ever. Because this message that we're getting right here is an awesome, awesome message. And so I want you to open your Bibles up to Luke. Um, I'm going to go through and, and we... Man, this is going to be a fun little day. I hope you got all day because I'm going to take all day. <laughs> forget football, forget eating, forget going to Kansas, anything else you're doing today because we're going to be right here. Um, and I warn you, we, we've been, you know, the last four or five weeks, we've been just kind of, you know, talking about Christmas and coming here and messages here and there. But if you've been with uh, Church Project or Project Salt is what it was called earlier, uh, last year, you know that we went through First Peter. And it took us forever, all of last year, to get through 1 Peter. How many chapters are in 1 Peter? Five. Okay. I am scared to death because we're going into Luke. Today we start Luke. How many chapters are in Luke? 24. So I think we're going to be in Luke until Jesus comes back. I, I, don't, I don't know, but... But we're going to go verse by verse, and that's what we do here. We want to be biblical. We want to be simple. We want to be relevant. Um, we want to go through the Bible. And, and going verse by verse, there's a couple rules to this, okay? Number one is we also want to have uh, freedom in going verse by verse. So if God is, is showing us something, you know, we, we're able to deviate from Scripture a little bit and touch something. You know, if there's a tragedy in America or whatever, we want to be, have that freedom to do that. But uh, the other rule of going verse by verse is that, man, it, is, it, it keeps our hand to the fire. There's passages that are coming up, and sometimes I don't want to speak on them, but guess what? we got to, because they're coming up. And I think that's where God can really teach us some cool stuff. So, welcome to Luke! We're glad that you are here, and, and uh, man, I hope, hopefully you're not in a rush, because we're going to take our time. We're going to go through this. Uh, we're going to study this fervently. We're going to study this with passion, and we're going to dig for truth this week and every week coming up. So, woohoo! You ready for this? Um, I, I, I want to break this up and, and just say this. Okay, we're going to talk. The message today is going to be three parts. It's going to be who he is, his writings, and Jesus speaking today. So, those are the three parts that, that we're going to talk about. Um, Luke. He wrote Luke. <laughs> I had to study a long time to figure that one out. Um, who he is? Luke, he was one of the disciples of Christ, okay? In Colossians 4.14, uh, he's addressed as a doctor. So we know that Luke is a doctor. Um, in 2 Timothy 4.10-11, it talks about that Luke followed Paul. And Paul was an apostle. And if you remember, as we were talking about uh, you know, what an apostle is and a disciple is, an apostle was an eyewitness, someone that walked with Jesus, saw Jesus, learned from Jesus during that time. Okay? A disciple is kind of one step removed. Okay? Didn't necessarily walk with Jesus. And so uh, Luke studied from Paul. 
Okay, so Luke is a disciple. Luke was a Greek, he was a Gentile, and he was not a Jew. Because he was a doctor, it makes a lot of sense because I don't really relate a whole lot to this, okay? He was, uh, his historical facts were very, very true. His writings are clear. He's very accurate. He's very, very detailed. If you have your Bible, open it up to Acts 17.11. See if you can beat me there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Oh, I've got one of these study Bibles. There's about 100 pages. That's here. Acts 9. Acts 17, verse 11. Uh, I should have had this underlined for you, huh? Or for me. Oh, here we are. Okay. This is what Luke also wrote Acts. This is what he says in verse 11 of, of the chapter 17 of Acts. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessal- Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. This kind of gives a little bit into the the character and the makeup of Luke himself. He's saying, man, this scripture, these accounts, they, they, they need to be so accurate. They need to be so detailed. And Luke, being a doctor, had the DNA, the makeup to be able to analyze stuff and to be very accurate in what he's doing because what he's seeing is he's seeing Jesus Christ and people that walked with him and he's seeing a, a multiple generations coming after him and he's saying, how can I articulate and get every fact the way it needs to be to be accurate about what is going on here with Jesus for all generations to know and see and live and hear the stories. And so Luke, he was very, very detailed, very accurate. So much so that he did something crazy. He wrote a 52 chapter book. Okay, that was like the account of Jesus and what happened. Okay, and the and the book can be split up into two things: Luke, which is what we're studying, and Acts, which is another. 28 chapters. He's very heavy. Um, He took on this very heavy intellectual task to do this because he felt the pressure and he felt responsible to set this up even for us to look back in time and to know exactly what's happened. One of the things as we get into this, as we look into Luke, he was, um, in his writing, he writes very little about himself. Very little about himself. In fact, he contains, his writings contain the most of Jesus' teachings of all the Gospels. And, and Luke wrote more of the New Testament than anyone. So as we are celebrating today, Church Project, our one year anniversary, actually it was the seventh, but it didn't line up. So a year ago today, we started. I can't, woo! Yeah, I can't think of anything better for us to go through than the book of Luke. Luke is so accurate, and he wants to teach us about who Jesus is. And I'm telling you, if you get into your Bible, and you're diligent like the Bereans, and you're diligent and you're studying, and like Luke, it's going to transform your life. Like, you're going to learn some amazing stuff. So who is Luke? My hero. I'm looking at Luke and I'm saying, thank you for being so accurate. Thank you for writing this down so we can even study this today. So that's Luke. Now, let's look at his writings. 
Luke, the, the, the book of Luke is broken down into three sections. And feel free to flip through your Bible and highlight it, do whatever you want. But it's broken down into three sections. And I'm just kind of setting this up for us as we get into the study of Luke. The first section is the birth and preparation of Jesus, the Savior. That's the first section. And if you want to be detailed here, that is Luke 1, 1 through Luke 4, 13. Chapter 4, verse 13. That's the first section. The second section is the message and ministry of Jesus, the Savior. And this is the, the big, big part of Luke. And that is uh, chapters 4, verse 14 through chapter 21, verse 38. That's the meat of Luke. And that whole meat is message and ministry of Jesus. This is how he lived, what he did. And then we get to the third section, which is the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Savior. And that starts in Luke 22, verse 1, and goes to the very end. Luke, the book of Luke, was written about 28-ish, 28-ish years after Jesus' death and His victory dance, after He defeated death. So the book of Luke was written about 61 A.D., so those of you that you're like really factual and intellectual, you're loving this so far. Like, here's all the facts. Alright? Uh, Luke, Luke, when he wrote Luke and he wrote the book of Acts, he took two things very serious. So let's open up to Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Again, I should have had this open. This is like a speed relay here. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Here's two things that he took very serious, okay? Um, verse 3, he says, After his sufferings, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Here he's writing about Jesus wants to show us stuff. He wants to give us Proof, And it's our job, as he talks about later in Acts, right, about the Brians, to be very diligent with what he's given us. To not take things lightly. To not take this word and, and never read it. To walk into Christianity and say, hey, I'm a Christian. And never study the word or, or, or dig to know more or work on your theology. Yes, theology is important. Like Luke is sitting here and he's saying, God's going to show some stuff to us. And it's our job to, to take that proof and to study it. And what I really love about Luke is his heart. Because this is the second thing he really takes important. Turn to, to Acts chapter 16. We're going through a lot of scripture today. Is that okay? I kind of like scripture. Allie does too. She's whooping up here. Acts chapter 16 verse 14 this is good news for all of us. I love this verse. You should highlight this verse, um, especially if you're a lady, okay? One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of whatever. I don't know how to say that. You try it yourself. Who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. The Lord opened her heart. Here we have Luke in his writing, and he's saying, factual, get it right, historical, accurate, detailed. And the Lord opened her heart. You could know everything there is to know in this. You can be the most theological sound man or woman in the whole world. And guess what? Whoop-de-doo! The Lord 
works on us and He opens our heart. And I love that about Luke's writings. And so, I threw that out there because I just thought it was really cool. Okay, let's get to Luke. Sorry to tease you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, verse 1. We're going to go through four verses today. And these four verses are just kind of how people would write. They would say, Dear so-and-so of such-and-such, and such-and-such-and-such. And And then they would write this incredible letter. So these first four verses, if you look at Luke, the the first four verses are kind of like, this doesn't make sense. It's, It's just, okay, he's addressing and he's setting up what he's about to say. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first four verses, uh, let's read them. Uh, I don't know what translations we have, so I'll just read it, okay? Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the world. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you. Most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. There were a couple things that jumped out at me. And our job as a church is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. My job up here is not to just enlighten you with all this theological knowledge. My job up here is to hopefully whet your appetite. So you get something. And the Spirit's working on you so much, you can't wait to go home and miss the Dallas Cowboys playing. They're not playing. But you can't can't wait to get home and read Luke and find out. So my prayer is that this will come alive to you today. So let me highlight a couple things for you in verse 1 that jumped out at me because I'm speaking and I get to do whatever I want. Okay, Verse 1, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. You know what jumped out at me? The very first word. I couldn't even get past the very first word. Many. Many. You know, as you begin to study and people come to you and they're like, there is no God and this whole Bible thing is all make-believe and all this stuff. Let's get real historical. Let's just get historical and let's go back. Many people saw Jesus. Many people wrote an account. I mean, let's just go down that road. Okay, the Bible is backed up with so much historical proof. It will blow your mind. If you are in this room at all and you're worried or wondering about the authenticity of the faith or the Bible or whatever, I got a good book for you to read. It's Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. You need to pick that up and you need to let your intellectual self start digesting the Bible because it is so rich. If you're doubting the Bible at all, go pick up that book and then we'll go have coffee because it is an incredible book. And I love that first word, many. Let's go to verse 2. I, I get to jump around because that's what I get to do. Okay, Just as they were handed down to, down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the Word. You know what jumps out at me? Eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses. People that saw Jesus. People that were part of His teaching. Set under His teaching. So, we, so far we have many eyewitnesses. 
beautiful. I love the accuracy. I love the accountability in the writing of Luke right here. Now let's go to verse 3 and 4. And these really mess me up, especially verse 3. Verse 3 starts and says this, Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to, to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Things that jumped out at me on this one were carefully. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated. He's not saying, I just threw it together at the last minute because I had nothing else to do. It's like, I carefully have studied this. I carefully investigated what? Everything. Luke, very detailed, said, I carefully have investigated Everything. I've left nothing out. I spit on you. Sorry. I've left nothing out. That's why these lights are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I've left nothing out. I've studied. I've carefully investigated everything from the beginning. It seemed good also to me to write an orderly. Everything is in order. It's exactly the way it needs to be. If, you, if you're intellectual and you want to study this thing, type A, here you go. You're going to love this. Like, here it is. It's accurate. Everything, it's, it's orderly. Account. For you, most excellent Theophilus. Okay. Excellent Theophilus. Kind of shows us who he's writing to. And, and excellent, that word excellent, it really sets it up and says, okay, this Theophilus guy, who is he? Um, he is a, a Gentile. He holds an important office in the Roman government. Okay, you can begin to dive into this and study it, who he is and all this stuff on your own, but that's just it in a nutshell. He's an important guy in the Roman government. And so Luke is writing to him and he's saying this, most excellent Theophilus, I'm writing this to you. And why am I writing it? In verse 4. I love this, Luke. A normal guy writing to a high Roman official in verse 4 says this, Why am I writing it to you? So that you may know the certainty. No doubt that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. That you'll know, that you'll know, that you'll know, that there'll be no doubt in your mind. You won't question this. It's factual. I have been careful. I've been diligent. I've gone around. I've studied. I've talked to as many people as possible. I've read all the writings. I've followed, I've followed Paul. Like, I am being very serious here, Mr. Theophilus, Roman official, high guy. Uh, know this for certain. I love the passion of this guy. And I love that he believes something and he's sticking to it. He's like, here it is, world. This is it. Okay, these are the first four verses. And you know what it does to us? It gives us, it gives the integrity to this narrative that we're about to start studying. Luke. It gives integrity to it. It says, everything you're about to study in these next 24 chapters, here's why, here's how, and you better believe it. Because it's certain. Like, here it is. Let's go for it. So we're going to get into that next week. But Okay, so the first part, we talked about who he is, who Luke is, what his writings were, which it were Luke and, and Acts, very big stuff. And this is what is good for us. The third part is Jesus speaking today. We can know all this stuff and leave here just with a lot of words, leave here with a lot of words, or this could actually impact our life. And this is what I hope we get today. Jesus is speaking today. And if you let it, even these first four verses that are just setting up His narrative, 
can impact you in big ways today. Think about it. Luke. If you would go and study a little bit more about Luke, you would find out that he followed Paul. And Paul wrote a lot in the, in, in the Bible. Loved God. Luke was following Paul. Paul was put in prison. Ultimately died. And Luke voluntarily put himself in confinement with Paul. And during these two years while he was there is when he wrote Luke and he wrote Acts. Here's a man that's so in love with God, so in love with getting everything accurate, feeling such a need and obsession to be accurate in what he's doing and what he's teaching that he was obsessed to the point of even voluntarily confining himself with Paul to get everything accurate. He went to great lengths. Have you ever been obsessed with something? Have you ever been obsessed? I, I, have, I have obsessions. Believe it or not, if you know me. I, and, they, and they go on and off. Like I, I have a lot of obsessions like candy corn. <laughs> I love candy corn. This year's going to be hard for me because I said I won't eat sweets. I mean, that candy corn... I don't know how I'm going to get around that. But I'll try. Sometimes I get obsessed. Candy corn is one thing. Here, remote control helicopters. I am obsessed with these things. Like, what I want to do is have a store in the mall. Yeah, I, I want to do that. Okay, this one's kind of broke, but we'll try it. Ready? Oh, are you serious? It's that broke? No, shh. It's worth it, guys. It's worth it. Hang on. It's broke! Well, that's a backfire. That's a bad illustration. Here, I'll throw it in the air. I was going to fly it out there and get it caught in someone's hair, but it's not working. <laughs> well, I'm obsessed with it until it breaks, then I don't like it anymore. I'm obsessed with that. When I write, I've written a couple books, and, and, and when I write, it's like two weeks, and I barf them out. Like, <clears throat> I'm obsessed with them. Um, when, I, when I study for messages, I, honestly, every week, I, I, I lose sleep over messages because I just begin to obsess over them and, and, and the words come alive and I don't sleep very much on Saturday nights but on Sundays I crash all day so don't call me. Um, I obsess over things. Have you ever obsessed over things? I look at Luke and I, I look at his writing and how diligent he was and knowing that he voluntarily put himself in confinement with Paul for two years and I, and I think about this and I wonder one question and you're probably thinking this question as well. Did he stink? <laughs> like did he forget what he looks like did he not care anymore what he, what he looked like His, he didn't match kind of like me not matching okay he was he so obsessed that life around him was just he was so focused and on mission and I, I think he was I think as he was writing this and putting himself in confinement and being very diligent and, and feeling the weight and the joy of the Scripture and Jesus Christ and teaching and apostles and people and hearing all these rumors, he got goosebumps. He was like, ah! To the point where he didn't, didn't even know what he looked like anymore because he was longing after Jesus Christ and running after Him knowing that there was truth and hope and life and love and everything opposite of death. And he's obsessed with this. He writes to portray Jesus as the Son of Man for the entire world. 
Not just for Jewish people, but he writes it. He says, Jesus loves, guess what? Even the Samaritans and the Gentiles, the outcasts, the strugglers, the hurry, the people that are messed up. You know what we can get from this today? Jesus loves us. Are you perfect? I'm not. Have you messed up? I have. Are you in need of a love of a Savior? Yes! And as we look at these first four verses and we begin to learn the man of Luke and his writing, this should jump out at you. It's a message of grace. It's a message of love and peace. It's a message of hope. Jesus, He has moved heaven and hell. He has moved time and space to look into your eyes. He loves you. He's sitting right in front of you. And He's saying, Child, I love you. It's okay. I don't know what your day was like, your week was like, but this should be a message of hope for you. And we're only four verses into this. And we're only looking at Luke himself. Wait till we start reading the depth of this. I would encourage you, get your Bible, get your U version. Start studying Luke. Pick up some commentaries. Read along. Start being obsessed with Luke and his teaching because in this is life. And we're going to learn about Jesus and who He is. And as a church, we want to align ourselves with the teaching of Jesus Christ. We want to be so biblical. We want to leave these doors and we want to love people harder than they've ever been loved. We want to say, so you're not a perfect person? Awesome! Join the club because God loves you. And that's That's what Luke is going to teach us as we go through here. I want us to close our eyes and I want us to think a couple questions. James, Al, you can come up. We're done here today. Here's the first question I want to ask you. Do you know this King? Do you know Jesus Christ? Or are you just an imposter faking it, going through the motions? Speaking good Christianese language. Like you know what to say. You know how to respond. But Luke talked to the Bereans, talked about the Bereans and said they're so diligent in the way they grab Scripture. We have an entire Bible. And one thing I've learned from Luke already is that I need to be accurate and detailed and cross all my T's, dot all my I's and do everything the best that I can to learn about who God is. Because when I start learning more about the face of Jesus, I realize I don't amount up to being perfect. And I begin to understand this fancy word that we throw around called grace. Which means God loves you no matter how much you've messed up or how much you will ever mess up. He loves you. If you purpose getting into this Word, aligning your life with Jesus, 
you will wake up with more enthusiasm than ever every single day of your life. Even if it's going to be the hardest day of your life, you will wake up knowing you're loved by a king. Do you know this king? Are you faking it? Are you alive in him? I want us to stand right now because the best thing we can do is worship God. Tell Him thank you. Tell Him how awesome He is. So that's what worship is. That's what singing praises. That's what it does. Just picture yourself right now standing in a dark room. There's no one else in the room. And Jesus is looking at you. A king is looking at you. The maker of all eternity and everything is looking right at you. And we get an opportunity to say thank you and to worship Him. Should we applaud? Yes! Should we scream? Yes! Should we fall on our face? Yes! It's a king! So let's worship Him.